Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a New York City-based singer, actress, performer, and lover of all things mermaids, Christina Barnes, everyone! Yay! Hi! Hi! So, we're obviously going to be talking about The Little Mermaid animated movie from 1989, but was this like your introduction to the, your love of mermaids? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Every, everything mermaid related in my life stems from Ariel. Basically, everything in my life stems from Ariel in it's... one aspect or another, especially like singing and acting, the theater thing, that stems from Ariel too. Not Jodie Benson, Ariel. <laughs> well... You know, they're kind of like a package deal, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you who don't remember, The Little Mermaid, obviously, like I said, came out in 1989 with a screenplay by John Musker and Ron Clements based on the fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, music by Alan Menken, lyrics by Howard Ashman, and directed by Ron Clements and John Musker. And according to IMDb, A mermaid princess makes a Faustian bargain in an attempt to become human and win a princess love. That's, that's deep for IMDb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would fight with IMDb because I really think it's more about her love for the human world and not about the prince. The prince is just like the side note. Do you feel I can see that. Doing research on this movie, by the way, made me appreciate it on a new level. Like, I I love Disney movies. Don't get me wrong. This <laughs> one is, like, one of my favorites. Don't make me choose. But <laughs> I didn't realize that, like, this would step, set the standard for future movies after this. Like, this was the one that ushered in the Disney renaissance. And with Part of Your World being the I want song. <laughs> yes, uh, 100%. The ultimate I want song. <laughs> so like, it's clear that what your point with that, we're in part of your world. She's, she literally says, I want to be where the people are. Like, <laughs> Well, I always think it's interesting because the song is called Part of Your World, but she's not introduced to Prince Eric. She doesn't even know he exists until after the song. It's not until after the song that she's like, oh, a ship. And so <laughs> truly, she never says part of your world in that song. It's always part of that world. Oh, my but God. But it's, it's called part of your world. It is, officially. Isn't that weird? That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And There's I no like Eric the- in her brain. She doesn't care. She doesn't know. I thought she was talking about, like, part of your world, like, your, gra- uh, you royal, plural. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like use guys' world. Use guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what happens whenever I look up writing down all the titles and everything, but there were some reprises that were not mentioned mm-hmm. in them. So I counted a total of eleven songs in this movie. Yeah. Including well, okay, so 
you have part of your world where she sings it in her little grotto. But then would you say that she reprises it on the beach? Or is that still part of the same song that just has a scene in the middle of it? Mm -mm. The reprise is definitely a completely different scene. That's when she's like on the rock. Well, she's half on the beach singing to him. And then he gets up and goes away. And then she's on the rock for that iconic moment. The iconic iconic Mm -hmm. water splash moment. Yeah, there's at least a good, I don't know exactly, but there's got to be at least a good like five minutes, ten minutes in between. Oh yeah, because his ship burns down. (laughs) Yeah, she saves him in that whole time. Yep. (laughs) But then Poor Unfortunate Souls kind of has a reprise. When Vanessa sings it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She's like da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about in like the mirror, and she's like, it's like Ursula in the mirror, and yeah. Scuttle's like, oh, no, yeah, yeah you're right. No one, men- no one mentioned that ever. You're so right. I'd never thought about that as like an actual song, but it is. <laughs> Good on Jody Benson for playing that role as well, <laughs> uncredited. <laughs> yeah, so cool, so cool. Where did I want to go? There's so many things I looked up that I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about it. And I'm pretty sure you, you know everything already. Uh, this movie won a bunch of awards. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it won the Oscars and Golden Globes for Best Original Score and Best Original Song, Under the Sea. Which, like... Surprise, yeah. But Kiss the Girl was also nominated in the same category for both Oscars and Golden Globes. And it was also nominated for Best Motion Picture for the Golden Globes Comedy or Musical. Didn't win. Who won? I didn't see. Who cares? Who cares? It it was a ripoff. But like, I just feel like part of your world, I mean, 30 years later, part of your world is like the song that Everyone remembers. Stuck, yeah. So that's what's interesting to me about Under the Sea and Kiss the Girl. It's like those are classics, but part of your world is the one that like stands the test of time. I mean, Under the Sea is a banger. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you associate part of your world with this movie more so than you would the other ones. For sure. You think of Little Mermaid. You think of that one shot where she's like looking through a hole skylight whatever you want yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know what is that thing (laughs) i did write down some questions that i will refer to every once in a while yeah the first one being are you related to christopher daniel barnes who voiced eric no i wish i always saw that growing up you know like in the end the credits because it's like a vhs so you know you can't just like (laughs) turn it off <laughs> have to like rewind it so i'd always see the christopher barnes and i'd be like oh, christopher Bar- i'm christina barnes but no no relation as far as i know wah, wah. damn it so watching this movie it kind of starts creating that I'm, I'm gonna poo-poo it for a second and i'm sorry i love it it kind of creates that psychosis that a generation has about finding love where they make it look so easy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know where disney lies to us about that but my favorite I, I forgot about this is when sebastian like gives her some tips <laughs> so He's have the you best 
So since you love this movie, have you used his tips to get a man? Or to um, get an individual, I should say. You've got to pucker your lips. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and bat no. your eyelashes. <laughs> no. I you know, I don't think it worked for him. I don't I don't think Sebastian's tips worked for Ariel either. I think the smartest thing he said is nothing. What is it? There's like nothing more powerful than teenage hormones. That's the T. But I know he's, he's a smart man, but he does not know. He's not good at dating advice. The thing that's cool about the little mermaid versus like other Disney girls, Disney princess where they're like, Oh, fall in love easy. You're exactly right. It's so not that easy to fall in love, but I think the cool thing is that Eric truly doesn't think that she's the girl who saved his life. And he still has this like idea of this girl. And he's like, oh, I need to fall in love with her. Where's this girl who saved me? That's the girl I need to be with. And yet he has this like fun, spunky, energetic girl in his life. And she can't even speak. And yet she still has so much personality. And he just like falls in love with her for her personality, for her like craziness and her nuttiness she's she's silly and makes him giggle and he falls in love with her because of that because of that whole even though she's not the idea that he wants in his head he still is like oh my gosh she's so funny she makes me so happy and I love that and she also has flaming red hair and so does the woman that saved him (laughs) yeah yeah well if you you look the reason Vanessa has brown hair or like blackish brown hair is because if you see that reflection of um they have her like singing part of your world reprise over him and it has like the sun shining down and it makes her hair look like dark so it shows it shows like there's like an image that they show of her like smiling above him from his perspective and like from his perspective because the sun is shining and because he's like barely awake eyes like barely open it looks like dark hair. It looks like Vanessa. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I get that. I yeah. get that now. I have a little bit of trivia too for you. Because you've seen, you've, you've worn out probably several VHS copies of this. <laughs> yes. And uh, what, you watch it nightly? <laughs> yeah, basically. Something like that. <laughs> so you've obviously heard of like the ties to other Disney films that it has. Mm-hmm. Like the ship that Ariel goes through um, at the beginning, where where it's uh, allegedly Elsa and Anna's parents, mm-hmm. although that was obviously prior to Frozen Two, where they debunked that. But did you notice in the dining hall in Prince Eric's castle, there's a portrait of what looks like Prince Philip and Princess Aurora? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have never heard this. You'll see, you can see it for like mere seconds, but it's when, um, what did I write down? When Eric and Grimsby are talking about Eric's mystery woman. Yeah. Before, like before she comes in with the pink dress. Yes. I'll have to look at that. That, I've never, that's I, crazy. I made sure to rewind it and want, look at it. And I was just like, I can see it. I mean, it's, it's glossed over, obviously, that, like, they were just like, we need a painting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. does that, though, you know? I, I'm pretty sure, though, that this was, like, how Mickey and Kermit and other 
figures are in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like in Frozen when Rapunzel and Flynn Rider are there for the coronation. Yeah, Disney yeah. does this stuff all the time. That um, is so crazy. Did you watch the live-ish version of this? Like the one with Auli Cravalho? Yeah, Alue Cravalho and John Stamos, Queen Latifah, Shaggy, and Amber Riley. Yeah, mm, (laughs) no. I actually think I had a show that day. Um, (laughs) No, I did. I really did. I had a show during that. And I I was like on my phone you know, backstage during intermission trying to find videos. And man, I did not like what I saw. And so I went back and watched some videos, but I saw Little Mermaid live at the Hollywood Bowl, which had John Stamos as well, but had Rebel Wilson, Sarah Bareilles was Ariel, Darren Chris was Prince Eric. I saw that live and that was oh. unbelievable. And so I just thought, <sighs> was I don't know. The- was, was that like beginning. the Broadway version though? The stage mm-hmm. version? Well, it was so for the Hollywood Bowl, yeah. Little Mermaid Live, what they did is they played the movie and then they had an orchestra on stage. And whenever there was a song, they like cut out the sound from the movie and had the orchestra do it over the movie. Because I, I know I've seen the video of Rebel Wilson singing um, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Yeah. Yeah. But then they also, yeah, so they put some of the Broadway songs in, like, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Wow, what's his name? Norm, Norm Lewis. Uh Norm Lewis was Triton, and they don't have a Triton song in the movie, and so they, like, in the movie where World Above would be, um, World Above reprise, technically, they, like, faded out the movie, and then had Norm come and sing it, and then they, like, replayed the movie. (laughs) from that point so they added some like broadway songs but it was supposed to be like a live concert of the movie did you uh see the show i did oh that was like forever ago but yes i did premiered on broadway in 2008 and ran for about two years should have been longer but then i i read i read that in 2012 they reimagined the production of it. So like they got rid of the Heelys that they used on stage. And then, Oh, you're talking about the flying one. Yeah. 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 Where they used the aerial Mm -hmm. effects and harnesses. They also like, uh, what's his name? Glenn Cassell. Don't know if you know that name. I don't know him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Made changes to the book and the score replacing songs. I do know this. Gave a backstory to Ursula and Triton a little more. And now this is the version that Disney uses when they license it. So I do know this. I actually saw the touring production that started this transition. The flying thing is unbelievable. So cool. When done right, obviously. (laughs) Well, yeah, when it was in the touring production. But they cut out I Want the Good Times Back, which is like, I don't know if you know that song. Um, I want I the good times back. Da, 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 Who da, sings da. it? Sherry Renee Scott as Ursula. <laughs> oh, it is so good. It is like so vaudeville, like da, 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 you know? <laughs> and they cut that out 
and did this song called like daddy's little angels talking about how ursula it's like a horribly written song sorry glenn um but (laughs) they did this song about how like ursula killed off all of king triton's sisters and that's why she was banished and like we get it like we know ursula's evil and like I don't know. I always understood that Ursula is the one who killed Ariel's mother. I always like got that in my brain, but I guess that was like news to everyone when they, you know, that was in that song. I never Um, really thought about it to be totally honest. It's not the humans. I mean, there's a whole, like, there's a whole like aspect of little mermaid where it's like King Triton hates these humans because he thinks that they killed Ariel's mom, but he does. They didn't. And he doesn't know anything. And he's just like making this. They didn't explore that in the, in the movie, in the movie. They didn't yeah. explore that. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little intense, but. <laughs> Is that, ba- have you read the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tale? Yes. Which is not based on that at all. The Hans Christian Andersen. The funny thing about Little Mermaid is it's so focused on the relationship between like the movie is so focused on the relationship between Triton and Ariel. Whereas in the Hans Christian Andersen one it's truly just the mermaid she doesn't even she's not I don't know her name she doesn't have a name she doesn't have a name Mm-mm. and um it's the mermaid and the sea witch but the sea witch is not the bad guy like the prince is kind of the bad guy yeah I read about that so the sea witch is like oh I want to help you what can I do to help you like you should kill this guy and then you'll be fine she's like I'm not gonna kill him even though he betrayed me and chose another girl. So she turns into seafoam. And then wait, and then it's transformed to, into a daughter of air. Yeah. A daughter of the air. I was like, hmm? what? <laughs> <laughs> I knew of the seafoam. I didn't know of the daughter of the air. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, what was it? Opium? Was that like, that was like the drug back then, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah all those fairy tales had something like that <laughs> but w- with what we were talking about with that one song that they put in the, the stage version mm-hmm. it goes against the sequels yeah it does are you a fan of the sequels have you have you religiously watched them i didn't watch them for this i just looked them up real quick i love the prequel i've only seen the prequel like two times believe it or not you know, okay. the one with, like, where Triton banished music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I, get ready, this is, like, recording. I hate Melody. I hate her. I feel, I remember seeing that movie way back in the day. So, Little Mermaid 2, Return to Sea, came out in 2000. This mm-hmm. is 21 years ago. Yeah. A lot has happened in my life since then. <laughs> but I kind of remember that that's the one where it has Ursula's sister come in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, guys, like, did did Triton kill all of her siblings? Or did, did maybe, yeah. what's her name, Morgana survive? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. That movie doesn't make sense. I don't like that movie. I, I don't like to think of that movie as canon or whatever because man i just think melody is the worst i hate her and all that with morgana or whatever Mm -mm, i don't like that (laughs) i i 
I don't remember what happens, but I just know that Melody goes from human to mermaid. She's like, okay, so Ariel's bratty, but like for a reason. Because her dad like hates an entire species without having real cause or reason for it. And she's curious and has these dreams. Melody is just a brat. Melody is like princess, has like a mom and a dad. Wow, wish Ariel had that, right? She has like a mom and a dad that are like super caring and give her everything she wants. And she's like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> she's just a brat. And she's mean to Ariel. Don't you dare. Don't you dare, Melody. I'm not coming for her. Trust me. Oh, no, I'm, you're good. You're good. Okay. I'm saying Melody. It, it's just so interesting that, you know, you you brought up Triton's backstory because obviously I'm basing, I'm basing all of this information off of what we see in the original movie. Mm-hmm. And none of that is there. Nope. None of it. It was well, always like an idea. They always thought there was like they were supposed to talk about how Ursula is Triton's sister in the original movie, but that idea got cut. A lot of things got cut, obviously, because it's a kids' movie. So whether it was too dark, too deep, or too long, you know. Well, they had they had the rights to it for like fifty years. Five zero fifty to what? To Little Mermaid. Oh, they before were they did it before they did it. It was supposed to be. From what I read, it was supposed to be like a collection of vignettes of Hans Christian Andersen stories that would come out in the 30s after the success of Snow White. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, World War II happened and they <laughs> they shelved that idea. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, there's a lot of things that they don't talk about that I think is missing. Like... I didn't even think about Ariel's mom, if mm-hmm. I'm going to be clear. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I yeah. don't think about it. They didn't, they don't really talk about her, which is funny because she's the reason for all of Triton's overprotectiveness and also anger. Um, but they don't talk about that, which is Is she in the, is she in the prequel or yeah. do they talk about it in the prequel? Mm-hmm. She is a carbon copy of Ariel. She has the bright <laughs> red hair. So, you know, Ariel's the youngest child, you know, she's the baby of the family, and she looks just like the dead mom, and so Triton is going to, of course, be hover daddy, you know? like Right. Um, I feel like out of all the Disney princesses, though, Ariel is the one that sacrifices the most to get what she wants, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I right yeah. in saying that? Because she sacrifices. I'm thinking, like, I was thinking, well, Anna and Frozen, like, especially in Frozen 2, but she doesn't sacrifice anything. Elsa does it for her. <laughs> right. Whereas Ariel's the one who, like, chooses, who makes these choices herself. She's not, like, put into, like, a magical spin of events or whatever. She chooses it. She fully is like, yes, here's my name on a contract. This is I'm, my choice. I'm 16 years old and I'm going to do all this shit to myself. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about the remake movie that's being made? I cannot wait. I love it. I love Halle Bailey. I think I, she is. I don't gross. know her. 
to be have fair. You seen, have you seen pictures of her? I've seen pictures of her. She looks beautiful. I just hope that they give her like the right wig or dye mm-hmm. her hair the right color. Yeah, I've seen I've seen pictures where, of course, you know, Ariel's hair isn't like real. So it's not going to be like, it's, it's going to be fire red hair that no one has ever grown out of their head you know in all of reality so it's going to be like that but I've seen I've seen pictures where it's like red dreads and I love that idea Mm, yes that's so beautiful it works perfectly she is so she has such a pure face she is so beautiful and her voice is unbelievable I think she's going to be perfect i cannot wait i was so excited when they announced her do you know i haven't looked at i haven't seen anything about this Mm. do you know if they're just doing a carbon copy of the movie or are they also going to include broadway and other elements to it it hasn't really been released about what exactly they're going to include from the movie and the broadway but it is going to be slightly different they have Good. a new they have a new character and we don't know who it is. We think it's probably going to be Ariel's mom, but you know the girl who originated Hermione in Cursed Child? Yeah. Um I forget her name right now, but she is set. She's she's cast as the lead as role. A character. <laughs> as a new as a new lead role in The Little Mermaid. So people her. people people think it's going to be, you know, the mom cuz that would make a lot of sense, but we don't know. So they're definitely going to add new things, but you know, they have to do like under the sea, kiss the girl, part of her world. They have to do all that. How do you feel about Melissa McCarthy as Ursula though? (laughs) Yeah. That face says it all right there with that, that silence in that face. (laughs) I, I really love her. I really love her as an actress, but I think there were so many choices they could have made that were, better than her have you seen the drag queen ginger minge perform it yes yes so that's i would have loved if they had a person of color or because they did said they were doing such a good job with the diversity and then they just cast like blah as ursula which is like the most not blah character you know well they needed they needed a, a name yeah or the name i know but i so i like i liked the idea of like even like RuPaul, you know what I mean? Like having mm. like a drag queen or even like a transgender woman play Ursula. Or I also loved the idea. I'm usually not a fan of pop stars with no acting experience being in these roles, but I kind of absolutely loved the idea of Lizzo. Have you heard that? Ooh. She was petitioning for herself and I was like, oh man, that would have yeah. been. I feel like though with that role, it could be literally anyone yeah drop anyone in there exactly you could have brought back Rebel wilson to do it Mm -hmm. i i just feel like the only requirement should be that it's a plus-sized individual Mm -hmm. because i don't as much as great as a rupaul would be like as a choice Mm -hmm. i don't want to see rupaul in a fat suit because you know ursula is a curvaceous character and yeah she's one of the like the only villains that is plus size so and sexy and oh my god gorgeous she like that's like her thing is that her curves are like sexy you know like in the movie when she's like body Body language language. 
lives. And you get like all the feels and you're like, what is this? I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't like sea creatures, but I'm oddly attracted to her. But what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that she's supposed to be based off of Divine and all that. But like, I don't know. I just don't know if Melissa McCarthy can sing it right. Oh, no, she can't. No, that's what I'm saying is Lizzo like. I feel like the role of Ursula can be kind of like bullshitted in terms of acting to some degree, yeah. honestly, because she, she kind of is like a drag performance. Like she's just over the top exuberant. It doesn't have to be like this deep, sensual, like intimate acting. And so I feel like someone like Lizzo could play her or that's why Rebel Wilson was so good at her too, is this big exuberant personality. And Melissa... She just, she just is such a, she, you know, she is the most white bread choice they could have gone with. I mean, she has, to her defense though, she has played not, like, she has played against her own type that she's created over the years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So like, I mean, I know, we know that she can act the shit out of the part. It's more so, I'm more so concerned about singing and how it's going to portray because a lot of us have Pat Carroll's voice in our head whenever we hear mm, it. Mm-hmm. So we want like that rasp mm-hmm. or that maliciousness that oozes out of Ursula's voice. Yeah. And I'm just afraid Melissa McCarthy is going to make a caricature out of that or, mm, yeah. or do something like that. Like I'd ra- I've seen clips of Sherry Renee Scott play play her on Broadway mm-hmm. or no, I'm sorry I meant I've heard them from the, the cast album legal legal legalese <laughs> um, and she she did something it was her own though like it wasn't her paying homage to Pat Carroll Mm-mm. that's that's the thing that let's I don't know if it's more my concern about Melissa McCarthy or like the expectation of Disney that Disney has on her because when they do live, their live action movies, they want them to, they want the people like us to be like nostalgic over them, but they do it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, if you catch my drift. Yeah. No. Yeah. Looking at yeah. you, Lion King. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Don't even talk about Lion. That was so bad. Dad, why aren't you waking up, Dad? Please wake up. <laughs> the the dead faces of of animals. Hello, Dad. Wake up. Are you dead? Hello? <laughs> yeah. That was so bad. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like she just again, I love her. I think she's an amazing actress. I love her work. I just think she is the wrong choice for this role because of that, because she she isn't going to, she's going to have to use a caricature or at least auto tune. And it's mm-hmm. going to make it. it I think Not it's gonna sound be, real. And it's going to take the sex appeal away. You know what I mean? Which is like crazy. Cause like animated movie, you know, Disney, whatever, but it's true. That's part of what Pat Carroll like made her sexy, you know? And I really think Melissa is going to, because she doesn't have the vocal chops, she's going to have to character voice it. And it's going to be not authentic. 
in the sexiness. It's going to be funny and villainy, you know? Right. I just hope also they don't Maleficent her to death and the, they don't treat her like they did in that in the movie Maleficent. Because, <laughs> like, I like my villains to be villains. I don't want to sympathize with them. I mean... Yeah. In the in this movie, the animated one, uh, there there is a line that Ursula says about like she's out for revenge. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to elaborate. I'm okay with that. But speaking of Ursula, I have another question that I wrote down from watching this movie. I'm ready. <laughs> out of all the Disney animated movies, is this? like the first and only time we see the villain get straight up murdered you know it might be the most graphic portrayal we do see gaston get thrown off the castle in beauty and the beast right but he falls into a void and we don't exactly so i think it is it's probably the only time we like fully see the gore and obviously she's not like bleeding but it's intense eric like sails a ship through her like yeah. through her they pull have you seen the movie psycho like to shift gears on you the hitchcock movie psycho oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah so like, that, the, like the like the serial killer one yeah so there's that yeah, shower yeah. scene where they don't actually stab her they imply it mm-hmm. and so that's what this that's what they do they you see the point you see her face but then you also see a shot of it through her yeah and i was just like damn (laughs) yeah it's not like artistic it's like oh yeah there's like a wooden a huge wooden thing that's literally through her stomach out the other side (laughs) (laughs) like you had you had the controversy of the priest with this heart on you also had the controversy of the dicks on the spires and the posters but also you have a ship through your villain like god (laughs) damn it (laughs) people love to find dicks and everything and yet they're like oh yeah that's normal a woman getting like a giant woman getting stabbed (laughs) a giant sea creature getting Mm -hmm. stabbed (laughs) but like i love eric i'm like go eric yeah take her down it had to happen and everything made sense it's just like they didn't have to show it like that they didn't (laughs) have to show it like that and i'm kind of glad they did though because shows how ballsy they were at the start of the renaissance yeah i loved it i loved it i thought it was i think it's bold i think it's i think that whole scene is the scariest i can't wait to see how they do that i hope they do it like that in the movie and not like the musical version um, I hope they do it with giant Ursula because there is just something so terrifying about a giant sea witch that like can control the entire sea. That scene is just so terrifying. And then the stabbing her through the center, it just adds to the terror. And I think that's the scariest Disney scene we probably have. <laughs> to shift gears again on you. Have you heard of the show that happens at Lake Wikiwachi? Okay. No. Okay. I'm nervous. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Lake Wikiwachi in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's a theme park of sorts where their biggest thing is the Lake Wikiwachi mermaids. 
How have you never heard about this? I think I know. I've heard of the mermaid theme park. I just like. So they they're obviously humans that wear mermaid fins and (laughs) (laughs) Um, make. They're like part actor, part diver, part dancer. Because they they're underwater under, dancer, they're <laughs> underwater, and they have a. You can look at clips on YouTube. They have a hose that uh, for oxygen that they okay. blow into, uh, or suck, I should say. And then they also they're underwater doing choreography as mermaids. They also have non mermaid choreography, so they're just underwater doing random things like. Um, the silent film Bathing Beauties and all that, you know, they're dressed mm-hmm. in that kind of a costume. They also eat and drink underwater. <laughs> and they've been <laughs> they've been doing this for 60 years. I mean, obviously these days, I don't think they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is socially distanced, if you think it, about it. It's true. <laughs> but they have their own version of The Little Mermaid where it's uh, The Little Mermaid's birthday they I don't they don't call her Ariel uh-huh. that's Disney obviously mm-hmm. they follow the Hans Christian Andersen story the whole thing is them lip syncing obviously they're underwater they can't <laughs> speak it or sing so sing funny. the songs uh-huh. there's also a live action portion where they I think it's the prince and the little mermaid when she has legs uh-huh. come out in front because you're sitting in an auditorium that's basically a giant tank in front of you. Like the but dolphin then, shows, right? Nope. The for the for the mermaid shows. No, but it's like it's like the dolphin shows. Oh yeah. Have you ever been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all underground. Like there's no above ground parts. Then you have people come out playing the on land characters. <laughs> it's wild. I remember I have very strong memories seeing it as a kid. You saw it? I saw it as a kid, <gasps> yeah. My fa- my parents took me. I feel like I have a picture of the Little Mermaid and the Prince post their wedding. Because obviously it's they have to get pictures. They, they have to get money somehow. Yeah, of course. Uh, th- they're not sponsored for this, by the way. I mean, I wish I was, I was sponsored oh, yeah, by Oh, yeah, I wish <laughs> But I was just like, if you look on their website, you can find out the mermaids and the princes. So it'd be like, Mermaid Christina, she's great at yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Prince John, he hosts podcasts. (laughs) I've just found my dream job. Sorry, New York. I'm not coming back. (laughs) I'm surprised. I'm surprised I didn't tell you about this sooner. Because <laughs> I was just like, I. If she doesn't know about it, I want to wait until like towards the end of the episode just to be like, yes, got one I more thing that. in there. I love that. That's so fun. But then, obviously, have you heard of the opera Rusalka, which is not necessarily about a mermaid. It's about a water nymph, but it's the same exact story. No. It's a Czech opera. Mm-hmm. And in Czechoslovania, uh, Rus- Rusolkas are, are basically like parallel to mermaids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, that they have legs, but don't quote me on that. Gotcha. Because obviously it's a myth. It could be whatever you want it to be, <laughs> depending on the story. I know I've seen it done before, but it's 
it's the same exact story. You know, you've got this water creature makes a deal with the sea witch to mm-hmm. become human to fall in love. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So for sure. I just want. I. I. It's just interesting that like, not only did they have Hans Christian Andersen for this animated movie, but they also had. At this point, Rusalka was out, so they probably i I don't know if they borrowed some of the music from that, but mm, mm-hmm. it was oh. somewhat influential to the story. I For that's sure. that's what I read. <laughs> that's cool. I love that. I love that. There's there's so many pop culture, not even pop culture. There's just so many Little Mermaid like spinoffs and references, like once on this island. Do you know that's inspired by that's yes. based on the Little Mermaid? Yes. By Anderson. I love that. That's so cool. Well, there was it started as a book as well. So somebody wrote Once on This Island mm-hmm. as a book, and then that the Broadway show is based off the book. That's blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon degrees back. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. I have one last question for you before we like go get to the end of the episode, but uh, I know, I know. I'm going to have you back, come back anyway, so don't worry about it. I got a little too cerebral with some of these questions, and I'm going to admit, it's a kid's movie, it's an animated movie, <laughs> it's good. an hour and, hour and a half, it's <laughs> great times. But when Ursula interferes with Ariel and Eric and, um, you know, turns into Vanessa and all that... Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that nullifies the contract? I mean, I need to read the contract to read the fine print because Ariel sure as shit didn't read the fine print. Yeah. But I would have been like, no, no, you interfered. I get a, I have, <laughs> I should get more time or I win or whatever. They would kiss the girl, kiss the girl. She like literally has the eels knock them off the boat as they're like literally an inch away from kissing. That one I can, I, I can let it slide. But like yeah. once she's like literally in there and puts a spell on him. Yeah. Yeah. Once that happens, I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to call some, I'm going to call shenanigans on this one. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. I, I totally agree. I also think that her contract, the little itty bitty tiny print at the end, I bet she like literally was like, and by the way, I can take your voice and take your like, and become a human and steal your prince and do this i bet she did that but regardless she's evil (laughs) we were talking about i like our villains like evil evil she's like evil evil you know what i mean she's She's like she's like level from sleeping mm -hmm. beauty she's trump evil man you know there's there's a contract Oh. Nothing. Ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Use it. Oh. <laughs> Getting get some politicalness on, on talking about Little Mermaid. Well, sorry. <laughs> have you heard? Okay. I know I said this is the last question. Have you heard about um, evil being an acronym for Disney characters, Disney villains, where it says every villain in Lime? So if you think about it, there's a scene or some part of every Disney villain has mm-hmm. Lime about Lime Green about them so like in this movie it's uh, uh um oh crap what's her song poor unfortunate soul mm-hmm. in like 101 dalmatians the smoke that corella deville has is lime um oh. in uh maleficent she oh lime green everywhere go yes. back go back 
and watch a lot of Disney. I don't think it's in, oh no, Cinderella, the brooch for the stepmother, I believe is lying. And Scar, it's like, Scar, he's got be prepared, be prepared yeah. Lime and his his eye color, I believe, is lime. I think Hans's eye color is lime, like from Frozen. Yeah, that sounds right. I could be wrong, but that's crazy. But they, <gasps> if you, it is. It's very interesting if you go back and watch a lot of these older Disney movies. You'll find you they point out the villain with just the color lime green. And that is because, little fun fact in history for you, um, in order for people to dye clothes lime green, they had to use arsenic. So literally they were killing people. People were dying from the from the dye, D-Y-E. So <laughs> mind blown that's so cool so it's very interesting when you watch disney movies and they're they're very serene they're very deep i mean they do they do like the hidden mickeys and everything else like that but then Mm -hmm. they're just like let's delve into like subconscious fears and all that but no one really gets about well, that's like the whole conversation. Like everything is like subliminal, you know, it's like, it's like a cute little children's film at the top, you know, oh, pretty red hair. But then like when you did, when you dive when, deep in, it's like dark. When, when you're late twenties, early thirties, you're going to rip it apart on a podcast and talk Love about it. it. <laughs> Before we get into Sharp and Fletch, do you have anything else you want to bring up and talk about? We've, we've run the gamut on, on this movie. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Little Mermaid's the best, and it's a story about a girl chasing <laughs> her dreams, and the boy is just the contractual way to do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's your IMDb summary. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get into Sharp and Flat. Sharp. Flat. So in this... In this section, um, we're going to highlight moments. I think you're going to basically say the whole movie is your sharp, but whatever. Where if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat. Do you actually have sharp moments besides the whole movie? Part of your world is like the sharp, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, I wrote down Poor Unfortunate Souls, though, because, you know, the sexiness. Oh, that's fair. But Poor Unfortunate Souls is, like, world-changing. That was so great. Yeah, yeah, so sexy. So sexy. I love it. I That's also a sharp. Well, oh, I also have... We didn't talk about him enough, but Chef Louis. Love. I worked out, he, he's, he's great. He's in for, like, five minutes, and that's all you need. And then he has a gag at the end. Like, he, he gets a random song. I love it. The best song. Love that song. Like, um, what song? <laughs> And I also really liked Ed- Ariel's Adventurous Spirit. Like, I know Belle later on was kind of a damsel in distress, but Ariel never was a damsel in distress, I mm-hmm. feel like. She was willing, she gave, she sac- like we talked about, she sacrificed something. When Ursula turned massive, she was ready to fight. She was yeah. willing to fight. I mean, obviously, she was also trying to not die. <laughs> yeah, when she was, like, in that hole, you know? But, yeah, yeah, you're right. She always... she She's ambitious. She's a fighter. Do you have any flats? 
I think the sisters could use some some more some yeah more. they're they're just a little I've read some little mermaid books you know um and I think having more personality the sisters is better but like it seems like and they're better they're better in the prequel but in the movie they're just a little flat and like their dad clearly likes Ariel best and yet they're like la 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 okay whatever here's our sister with the best voice in the world oh no <laughs> oh no she's well, not here. Yeah. and then they okay. they have that one scene where they talk to ariel and they're all a little catty and that's it <laughs> yeah i like she's in love in the musical i think that fixes it so i think the movie is could use it's flat without that all right live action movie where the remake we're looking at you to add she's in love come on yeah she's in, or something similar to that yeah, Doesn't but Hallie, Hallie has a Hallie has a sister, Chloe, that she does like the singing with. Chloe should be one of the sisters, and it should be a deep character. Whoa, I love it. There it is. Take it, Lin Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> is he writing the music? No, but uh, he's he, working on it to some degree. He says, "I, gonna, I don't know what, but I am." <laughs> I was I was going to be like Disney owns him. He's basically going to do everything anyway. Um, I wrote down the helping to set an unrealistic expectation of love to a generation of people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's my flat. (laughs) I I couldn't find anything negative about this movie. So I had to like talk about the, (laughs) the, the stuff. It's a, it's a banger of a movie. It's so good. Like I know you, I know you love it and you watch, you watched it a lot. I'm, I'm probably, portraying or overemphasizing how much you watch it but like I haven't watched it in like I think I watched it like maybe five or six years ago just Mm -hmm. because I needed a Disney movie you know Uh and so re-watching it I did have a little fear that maybe I upped it in my brain you know like made it disguised a lot out of it but no it's just a banger of a movie so good Besides Ariel, which character would you like to play in the in the move in the movie? This movie, out of all the characters that are here, not the stage show, not the mystery woman that's in the live action. It, it could be any character. So you could you could be a fish, you could be a man, you could be a bird, you could be I, the dog. I want to be. Oh, Max is so cute. But I want to be Eric. Eric, okay, so Eric has, like, he has, like, the least amount of lines as any Disney prince, which, by the way, kind of cool because, like, oh, the woman has more lines? Wow, cool. But anyway, even though she's, you know, okay. Anyway, um, (laughs) I love Eric. Eric is so cool, and he does not often get the representation he deserves. I mean, he jumped on a burning boat to save his dog. Yeah. What a man. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd play Eric, hands down. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, give it to me. I'm the best man ever. <laughs> Are there any songs from this that you would add to your life's playlist? Uh, you can say the whole album if you want. You probably. But Part of there... your world's my song. That's just my life song. That's my number one. When I go into an audition and they're like, sing your favorite song. I'm like, Okay. Okay, you asked for it. I said, I know it's the basic audition song, but this is my song. So it's not basic from me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I, I love part of your world. Under the Sea is just a banger. So and good. It, when I have, whenever I ask this question to guests, I'm always just like, whenever I'm answering it, I'm always trying to imagine without the visuals. Because mm. obviously we're watching. So like, I'm go- also going to add Poor Unfortunate Souls because it passes that. T- they Those three songs pass the test of like, it, you're you're walking around um new york city or you know you're driving cross country or whatever you you put it on and you're just like oh yeah this is a good song yeah, yeah. well we've come to the end of the episode Wait. i know <laughs> i know uh do you have anything you want to plug or promote Hello everyone, Future John here. It's been a while. I hope you all didn't miss me. Christina actually has something to promote and unfortunately was unable to record it. So she just asked me to shout out her roommate who is the founder and CEO of a nonprofit organization called Discovery Broadway that workshops new pre-Broadway musicals in central Indiana and she has actually been assisting the, her roommate. His name is Joel Kirk. Right now they are workshopping The Devil Wears Prada and Ever After. Hopefully with more to come from there. You can find them on Instagram at Discovering Broadway. And their website is www.discoveringbroadway.org for any upcoming information. So those will be added into the show notes. Do you want to promote like your socials or anything where people can find you? The only social I really have is Instagram and it's Tina Noel B. I'm pretty sure it has the B. Let me double check. It is. Yeah, it's Tina Noel. T-I-N-A-N-O-E-L-L-E on Instagram. Yeah, and oh, my website is christinanoelbarnes.com. That's probably even more stuff than my Instagram, so keep an eye on that and I'll I'll keep you updated when there's when there's theater to be done. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you want to get in touch with the with me through the podcast, uh, you can email me at podasongpod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ButasongPod. You can write in about your thoughts and feelings about The Little Mermaid. Depending on what they are, I may share them with Christina. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Uh, And then if you want to be part of the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode titled The Night Man Cometh. Yeah, we do a wide range of stuff on this podcast. Love that. Love it. Well, Christina, I have my tail on. Do you have your tail on? Yes. Okay, let's swim out of here. Okay. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.